Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's 54. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923. And enter the PIN 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. And good afternoon. Welcome in to Sports Lounge Live. There, I got Jerry in. And uh, <clears throat> we are here on this Tuesday, July 26th. And Chris, we are show number... 204. 204, 204 this one, week. One show so, short of our fourth anniversary coming up next so, uh, Tuesday. Right. And of course, today's July 26th, which is the 32nd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. So that's a good and thing. And you know what? On next week on our show, on our anniversary show, it should be a humdinger of a show, too, because... We will be approaching the trade deadline next right. week in baseball. So. I plan to do some humming and dinging myself. It's oh, just be it, really should, good. it should be interesting. You know, you have names yes. out there, and we'll get to all those names in a little bit. But yep. we do have an agenda. We do. And the first thing, of course, is going to be the, the uh, panel. And uh, during my part of it, I'm going to do a, a track record. We don't normally talk about track and field, but we did have kind of a significant record because it's lasted for 26 years. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, and uh, we're going to have Robert and Pierre uh, tag team. Actually, that's wrestling, but they're going to talk about uh, NASCAR. I guess it's like Le Mans, you know, how they, they uh, drive for the 24 hours, you know, that kind of thing. And then uh, our live correspondent, Sean, will talk about the latest live uh, curveball. Live, live NBA. Live NBA. Yeah, so, live NBA. Anyway, so uh, for the first part of the panel, and then, of course, we'll go baseball. It's pretty much straightforward baseball. NFL slash pro football and NHL. There's no NBA news. There's rumors, traditional Kevin Durant to Boston rumors. Uh, that happens every summer, so we're not excited about that yet. If you okay. love, if you love baseball, though, you should. This should be your. This and next week should both be your days. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot on baseball here. So we we our our heat wave is over. We had uh, seven days in a row where we beat uh, 90 degrees or six days, I'm sorry, through Sunday, and it, it climaxed with 100 degrees on Sunday. It was the first time. I know you guys have been talking about how many days have gone over 100. The first one from since June 30th of last year, since 21. So I don't even remember that, but uh, we did that, and, uh, you know, so that we got through, through the heat wave. Let me do the track thing, then a little on the Red Sox, and then we'll move on here. The track in uh, – it's a 200-meter uh, American record, and it's uh, – and, and the now holder is now Noah Lyle. He broke Michael Johnson's record. And Michael Johnson set that in the 96 Olympics in Atlanta. Uh, and, that, and that was the world record at the time, which is 19.32 seconds. And then Usain Bolt 
uh, uh, broke the world record in uh, uh, China in uh, 2008, 19.30, but now Lyle's got the one at 19.31 for the U.S. record. So still, 26, you know, track and field records uh, can fall, you know, every few months. I remember as a kid, we'd hear about the high jump records, and they'd fall, and this one would fall, and that one would fall, and every six months you had, you know, Valerie Brumel or uh, Ralph uh, Boston or whoever setting new records. This is a pretty good when a record lasts that long, so that's, I think, worth mentioning. So just, just uh, I wrote down last night the people, you know, we're talking, we're talking about trade deadlines and, and who's going to be sellers, who's going to be buyers, and who's going to get prospects, and who's going to get suspects. And it wasn't the trade deadline, but it was the first thing Bloom was asked to do in 2019 when they were, let's get something for Mookie Betts. What did they get for Mookie Betts? Well, they got Julio, I mean Julio, Alex Verdugo, who's a decent player, pretty good. He's all right. He gets to play every day, hits about 300, decent hitter, okay outfielder. He's yeah. all right. The other two guys were Connor Wong. Did you ever hear of him? He hardly ever has been up here. And now we're having exposed, because of all the injuries we've had, Jeter Downs. Jeter Downs is hitting. I know it's below 143. Ooh. He's been struggling in the field. He's had a couple of hits. He, he was one of those guys in spring training. People say, you know, he really looks like a prospect, but uh, he apparently is not. And uh, the Red Sox, we're going to be talking more about the Red Sox when we get to the, the baseball section. But, you know, when you're going to sell... What are you going to get? It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to amount to a bag of balls. Anyway, so uh, without further ado, we'll bring in the uh, host uh, to be named later, Rick Swan. Hello. Um, yeah, Chris said we, we finally got rid of our heat wave today. It's gorgeous today. And I know you guys have been having this heat all summer, but if you want to keep it now, I've had enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, football, 44 days till the football season opens up. All teams are in camp today, so that's exciting. Other than that, I mean, I, I could go on about the Red Sox, but I guess we're going to talk about them later, so we'll leave that yeah. for now. So I'm going to I'm going to use this time for a little bit of a um, a rant, if I can, and it's it's somewhat sports related, but it's I was watching the, the Sunday we could go Sunday, the day before the All Star break. I get up Sunday morning, kind of early. Now I live in a house with my wife, my daughter, my son-in-law, three granddaughters, uh, two boxer dogs, and a parrot. Ooh. It's early Sunday morning. I get up, and it's quiet. I'm the only one up, and I, I don't watch Sports Center very often anymore, but for some reason, I put it on. And they're talking about the Seattle Mariners winning streak. And they're playing highlights from different games during the streak, and they play one where they hit a grand slam. And the announcer says... Grandma, get out the salami and mustard. It's a grand salami. Well, that's right. no big deal. I've heard, I've heard calls like that all the time. That's no big deal. But then they go back to the guy hosting Sports Center, And like I say, I don't watch him much anymore. I think his name was like Jerry Streisney or something like that. And he said, well, the Seattle Mariners going all Reuben sandwich on us. <laughs> and I jumped up and I said, what? And I like, all of a sudden, I got all people waking, jumping out of bed and dogs barking and birds squawking. As, as well, a fan of what I think is by far the best sandwich ever, the Reuben. Yeah, well, what is he talking? There is no salami. There's no mustard. There's no rice. This guy had never heard that term. Okay, it's, I mean, a Reuben sandwich is corned beef, sauerkraut, Swiss cheese, Russian dressing on grilled pumpernickel, and that's it. Yeah. This right. is an affront to my culinary senses. And yeah. As far well. as I'm concerned, this guy should not be on sports anymore. He should not be on ESPN anymore. He probably, he probably, he probably shouldn't even be eating in restaurants if he can't well, order I mean, a Reuben sandwich. The network, oh, okay. network is on a show like the biggest doofus ever. He shouldn't be on TV <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> Uh, let me tell you where that comes from. Uh, for those that uh, didn't grow up out here in the West, 
Seattle's original announcer, or one of the original announcers for the Seattle Mariners, was Dave Niehaus. Yeah, right. And Dave Niehaus, whenever somebody would hit a grand slam, he would say, uh, you know, it's a grand slam, you know. Uh, uh, grand salami, yeah. Grand yeah, salami, got, you know. That's it, fine. I, that's what he gets. I have no problem with that call. Yeah. I, it's the guy yeah. from ESPN that starts calling it a Reuben, yeah. Well, uh, it's a salami and a Reuben. Well, yeah. uh, what this means is the guy didn't grow up anywhere near Seattle, so he had no idea yeah. what they were talking about. So, well, well, he's in Connecticut. They eat Reubens. In Connecticut, they should know what a Reuben is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connecticut's near New York City. I yeah. bet you yeah. never thought you would hear this show go to food. No. no I'm, I'm, <laughs> it does once in a while. It does and I'm going to go get a Reuben right now, so I'm gonna, we'll go on to Perry. Okay. <laughs> I will reserve a lot of my panel time for <clears throat> the baseball segment, but I will mention a few, couple, three things here real quick. Number one, <clears throat> the uh, Radio Hall of Fame inductions have been announced, and uh, the, the highlights, and I'm sure Jeff will fill in more on Thursday. Uh, Jeff Smolian, who is who own, owns Emmis, is one. Uh, Susan Waltman is in, and Chris Russo is in. They are the two sports-related. So we obviously want to throw out a congratulations to both of them. Um, probably, well, it's well-deserved. Susan Waltman, and for those who didn't know, Waltman was the mm-hmm. first voice that you ever heard on the fan when they signed on right. in 87. So mm-hmm. uh, she's and done a lot Jeff of things. Smollian. Yeah, Jeff Smalling has that connection too because he uh, MS launched the fans, so he right. sort of has the sports related. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But and anyway, congratulations to all the recipients. I mean, if you get into the Radio Hall of Fame, no matter what your format or what you do, you're clearly good at what you do because a lot of people like you if you get into the Hall of Fame because that's a voted thing. That's not a yeah. you know. So yeah. c- congratulations to them. And of course, the with the trade. And the ceremony will be November 1st. Yes. Okay. And, of course, next week is the trade deadline. I would suspect that by next Tuesday, the I-Cubs will look a whole lot different than they do today. Um, so that'll be interesting. We'll talk a lot more about that coming up in the baseball. Uh, we had our heat wave last week. It sounds like maybe another one next week. But, boy, it is pretty here today. It's right around 80 degrees and that's below normal for this time of year so it is a beautiful day today so uh we know what the cubs are doing we know what the cubs are doing at the trade deadline bill and i assume when we get to baseball you'll have some complaining on the reds too right right and i think it's going to happen and the reds there we're used to it though the owner says what other choice you got so that's their attitude. So who knows what's going to happen there, but we're used to it. And you're this far out and gone and down. What's the difference, really? I mean, it's too bad, and it's very, very, very sad. But props to the state of Iowa and the IV stores. They really did a good job on this IRL race in, what, Benton, Iowa? And uh, really, Newton, Iowa. Newton, Newton, Iowa. And really propped it up. And... I guess the uh, the IV stores, and I guess they're coming to Indiana soon enough. Yep, and Hy-Vee is a good. It's a good brand of store. Um, yeah, and and they say next week, next next week, next year, there are going to be two races in Newton. So two. They will have put two ten races. million dollars into advertising yep. to promote that race. Ten million dollars, and so. they do a lot of things, Bill, in the community. I mean, they've been 
heavily involved, you know, with mm. the, their pharmacy has done a lot, like with the COVID vaccines. Yeah. They do a lot, but, a lot in the community. Mm. So, I mean, if you if you're in the Midwest well, and someone says high V. <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, you know the story, right? And I bet you they have their accessible prescriptions there too. Yes, yes, uh, they do. They the high, the high V store in my grandma, in my grandma, grandpa, and my other area where they live up northeast Missouri. Technically, well, technically, it was in Quincy, Illinois. They saw that it was my grandpa's funeral. Or they, saw, you know, they showed it. It was a funeral. A lot of times on funerals, if for the big, you know, get together for the dinner, the reception after the funeral. They gave every, but they gave the church that was buying it fifty percent discount on everything that they had to cater that dinner. Well, yeah, no, I mean, just... or they do a lot in. The, I mean, when you hear in the community, Hy V does a lot in. in well, their I just community. thought I'd give them a shout out. You know, a shout out for what they did, and mm-hmm. that's that's good stuff. Yeah. So I'll yield the rest of my time to. Robert, it was good to meet Robert's mother before the pre 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 show today. So yeah, she she likes to throw her two cents in. That's okay. Um, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, it's uh, a relatively cool day here, but it's not going to last long because we have another heat advisory in effect starting on Thursday. So, and what do I mean by cool for this area this time of year? Ninety nine. So it's not really much of a break, but that's the best break we're going to get for a while. Um, as far as baseball, and I can talk about this during the baseball segment, but uh, the a- several of the A's are going to be leaving town, and Frankie Montas will be making his final start tonight. Um, I'm assuming, and if, if all goes well, uh, he'll be in somebody else's clubhouse this time next week. So, uh, as far as NASCAR is concerned, Denny Hamlin was declared the winner of the race on Sunday, and Kyle Busch was second. But after the race was over. Both cars failed inspection, and uh, so both drivers got disqualified, and Chase Elliott became the, uh, he left the racetrack in third place, but when he landed at home, he found out he'd won the race. So, uh, so Pierre, uh, Pierre um, uh, can you uh, talk about the violations and just exactly what happened there? Yeah, what it is, uh, once the car is completely ready to go, then they do what they call wrapping the car. They take all the the decals and put on the on the hood and the trunk and all mm. of this. And uh, like with Kyle Busch, it's M and M's. There's M and M decals all over the car. Well, when they unwrapped the car, they found a substance on the front end of the car. They, they're not saying what it is, but they said we found a su- a substance. That wasn't supposed to be on the front of a race car. So I guess we'll find out uh, because Joe Gibbs has put in an appeal. So I guess we'll find out everything later on. Yeah, apparently Joe Gibbs' team may be suspended for a while, and uh, some of the drivers, you know, depending on what they what they find when they, with the appeal. Also, they said that they had tightened up here. They said up until 2019, you couldn't lose a race for a violation, but they changed those rules around that time. Yes, they did. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now it's the first first time anybody has lost a race on a violation since Easter Sunday, April 17th, 1960, when somebody lost their fuel tank was too big. But, yeah. you know, they've never, this hasn't happened since then. But, uh, but ever since that happened, post-race inspection is really, really strict. I mean, they, they measure that car within, uh, like, uh, you know, a sixteenth of an inch. 
if it's off that much, you know. But uh, we'll eventually find out what it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, uh, Any, anything else, Robert? No, that, um, that's all I got this week. It's been a relatively quiet week for uh, me, so I'm going to turn it over to Sean and let's see what uh, he's got for uh, the hot state of Texas. Because right now he's hotter than I am, but that won't last very long. Well, Go ahead, Sean. Not, it's not much hotter. We're around 100, 101. It's just typical July in Texas. That's usually okay. what it is. Right. High 90s to low 100s. We're not like we were in June with the 108 degree temperatures, but you know, not like we're back. Hey, but anyway, all right. Couple things. First of all, anybody who wants to contact us throughout the week, you can leave a message 800-693-0595. Option number two, that is, and you can email us sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. Also, if you are listening live, and for those of you on the podcast, you can listen to us live every Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern. You can dial 646-876-9923 if, on your phone or download the Zoom app and then do, do 287-723-4600. And if you're on the phone, hit the pound key twice. If not, you're already here. You're in like Flynn. Whoever Flynn is, you're in like him. But anyway, a couple things to mention also. Uh, maybe he's a pro, Sean. It could be. Yeah, well, it is 2022. <laughs> you never know. Maybe, yeah. You never know. What, but, but anyway, uh, yeah, tomorrow on my wrestling line shooting the group with Sean, I'm going to have a little kind of a big story to talk about tomorrow. Uh, the break. The retirement and all that comes around it with Vince McMahon. If you go to 773-572-7715. Right now I'm talking about Ric Flair's last match. But on Wednesday you'll be hearing about the retirement of Vince McMahon. Also, if you want details, i got a football contest. We're interested. Go over to 712-432-3642, board 9. You can hear all about the football contest and what's going to go on with it. Uh, NFL the the NFL 2022, you know, there's not enough contests out there anymore, so we need another one. But anyway, all right, right couple, yeah, couple things. First of all, Big Ten Media Day started today. Kevin Warren says they would not rule out expansion if the right team comes along. And I think we all know that would be Jerry's Indiana University of Pennsylvania. If yeah, they wanted absolutely. to join the Big Ten, they'd let, they'd let them in, you know. But them anyway, them yeah. Them or Slippery Rock, one or the other, yeah. Yeah, them or Slippery Rock. What was Willie's uh, Albany State? That Willie's, Albany Willie, State from the Benny. Yeah, Willie Albany State. Benny. Yeah. yeah, he used to talk about Albany State. But anyway, uh, yeah, but a uh, little live NBA news. And, of course, they have their tournament in New Jersey at one of the Trump courses. Uh, coming up this week, but Charles Barkley, it started to break around last Wednesday that Liv would be in a, they were offering Charles Barkley a job as a commentator, but he would probably have to leave TNT if he did this. The rumors were he was going to have, that it was a $30 million contract. Now, chances other people have lost their endorsements. So Barkley's making around $10 million with TNT, but you figure with Capital One and everything, he's probably making close to that, if not more. Well, yesterday, he's a regular on the Dan Patrick Show. He's one of Dan, him and Dan are good buddies. So he's on there a lot. And Dan Patrick asked him about it. And he, he flat said, he said, you know what? I don't blame people like Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau going over there. He goes, do you offer me $250 million? Yeah, I'd tell him to go. Take the money. He goes, yeah, it is what it is, but it's the money. He goes, the, his whole thing is, he goes, they, he goes, they have not made him an offer. 
he said, I gave them a deadline. He goes, I've given them publicity for all week while they're talking about my story. I got a pro-am on Thursday. If I don't hear from them by Thursday night, oh, well. And he said, you know what? The only reason I would go would be for the money. He goes, because I love Ernie and Kenny and Shaq. And he goes, they're my crew. You know, so he, he said if they offered him, it would have to be the right amount of money in case he lost endorsements. You know that to get them there, he said it would be probably triple, double or triple between double and triple what he's making through all of that. So, but of course, Charles. Trans- I mean, for anybody who knows Charles, he he loves his crew. He does not like doing that NCAA tournament, though. He hates that. No, he does not. He hates that. But he also and Charles, he's the only one who's actually come out and said if he if he were to go. It's the money. All the other make it all PGA. That we all know it's about the money. But but Charles is not afraid to speak his mind, as you all know. Yeah, not at all. But yeah. So now that could be interesting, and it affects the NBA in a little bit because how many people tune in just for that show, the little fifteen minute pregame and the inside the NBA and that, just to see what they're going to do and say. And when it's a good game, people are going to you know tune in anyway. But how many people tune in to see what they're going to do and stay for some of these bad games because they don't have flex with TNT like they, as much like they do the others because there's not as many Thursday night games. So how many people stay because, oh, they wanted to see what Chuck and Shaq were going to say. So if they lose him, probably he's probably the would be the biggest loss to that show. But, you know, anyway... But now okay. on to, let's get into baseball. We got to let's get some We've fight. Got a lot of baseball to cover. That's right. Well, we'll start, of course, with the standings. I think this is the earliest that we've uh, done the standings uh, this year because you know we've been uh, following up the British Open or the you know Indy Five Hundred or some some uh, U.S. Open, whatever. So here we go. The MLB. Here we go. Uh, the American League East. And actually, we'll point out later. The Yankees have to start watching their back a little bit. Not about the American League East. That's not a problem. The Yankees are sixty-six and thirty-one. They're kind of been treading five hundred since the Red Sox beat them those two games. It's kind of just. Uh, hanging out but uh, anyway they're 66 and 31 toronto 53 and 43 so that's what uh uh 12 and a half game lead tampa bay 52 and 44 red sox 49 and 48 yes they're over 500 baltimore is at 500 48 48 and of course we'll run down the wild card standings the wild card is the real interesting thing in the american league in the central we have minnesota at 52 44 this division is kind of interesting too though because the Guardians, thank God for the Guardians, uh, they're 48 and 47. The Red Sox would like to play the Guardians every day, if possible. Um, the White Sox are 48 and 48. Um, Detroit is, I mean, Kansas City's 39 and 57, and Detroit is 39 and 58. So the Royals have uh, passed the uh, Tigers. How about that? In the West, we have Houston, 64 and 33. So if you're looking down the road, Houston is only two games now behind the Yankees, and they've been beating up on the Yankees, too. So well, as know, of as of today, Chris Susan Waltman was on with Russo on his <clears throat> MLB show today. She said oh, she so they would could fav- congratulate each other. They That's did, cool. and they did, and, and, and she said she would favor the Astros in a seven game series. I would too. I would too. I picked them to win the pennant, so there you go. But no, they're they're just two games, so the Yankees do have to pay attention here. It's not about the East; it's about keeping that home home uh, field advantage. The Astros are sixty four and thirty three. Seattle, 52 and 45. We're going to talk about some of the sweeps that happened when we get later. We had some sweeps, and they were kind of interesting uh, coming off the All-Star break. So they're at 52 and 45. Their 14-game uh, you know, uh, winning streak ended after Sunday, uh, you know, and it'll be known as the Ruben Sandwich uh, winning streak from now on. 
Texas, 43 and 52. The Angels are 40 and 56. And Oakland is 36 and 63. In the National League, the Mets are still hanging on at 59 and 37, but the Braves still press press right behind them at 58 and 40. So that's, uh, what, uh, three, uh, 22, two games. Two games out, the Braves are, I think. Philadelphia, 50 and 46. Uh, Miami at 45-51, and Washington at 33-65. and 65. In the Central, they're still battling. Milwaukee at 53-44, uh, and 44. St. Louis 51-46, and 46, so two games there. Pittsburgh the, in the Titanic battle for third place, that is the National League Central. Uh, the Pirates are 40-57, and 57. the Cubs 39-57, and 57. and Cincinnati 37-58. and 58. So we're going to be, uh, you know, with between Jerry and between uh, Bill and Perry and stuff, we're going to be, and Pierre, we're going to be like taking bets and really paying attention to this because this is so exciting. <laughs> in, in the West, we've got the Dodgers at 64-31. and 31. They have no problems. they got San Diego at 54-44. and 44. Uh, we have San Francisco at 48 and 48, Colorado at 44 and 53, and Arizona 44 and uh, 43 and 53. So now we're going to look at the wild cards. We're actually going to do the fork. We're going to do the fork thing today. Uh, the teams that are forked because it's pretty obvious. Pretty much, it's, it's a little like hockey was last year. We we knew in the East the eight playoff teams about you know President Day, and they had to play for another couple of months. And we kind of have the same situation here. So in the wild card in the American League. Toronto leads it at 53-43. Remember, the top three qualify. Tampa Bay, 52-44. and 44, And Seattle is 52-45. and 45. So if the season were to end today, Seattle would go and play Minnesota, the third division winner, and Toronto would host Tampa Bay, and they better be vaccinated. Um, and then we drop down to the second tier of the race. The Cleveland is at 48-47. and 47. The Red Sox are 49-48. and 48. So they're uh, three behind uh, you know, Seattle, the third wild card. And then we have Baltimore at 48 and 48 and the White Sox at 48 and 48. And after that, I would say the teams are pretty much irrelevant. So nobody in the American agree. League East, nobody in the American League East is eliminated because Baltimore has come back. But you're losing uh, Detroit and Kansas City and you're also going to we're going to stick a fork to the Texas Rangers, the LA Angels and we couldn't do it last week, Robert. We were tempted, but we couldn't do it without you being here to see the fork being stuck in the Oakland Athletics. Oh, so, well, they deserve it. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Now, and so that's that's the wild wild card race in the American League. So you've got you've really got seven uh, what seven teams in that race? Uh, yeah. So uh, it, it's crazy. Seven teams for the for the three spots. Yeah, and that was the goal, of course, of the of putting that in there so you could have more teams yep. relevant. Nationally, of his A's, A's getting a yeah. fork in him. I heard a stat about this that the A, you know A's, of course, what was it a couple of years ago when they dra- they drafted Kyler Murray? We'll talk about his contract when we yeah. get to football. But his contract was what twelve million less than the A's entire payroll, or no, two million. Less than two, that. million. two million. I think two million less than five, and he's going to get forty six per year for the yeah. per year yeah, but, contract is like two yeah. two and a half million less. So that's right. So I don't know whether you you robbed from our baseball notes or our football notes, but somewhere along the way, but we got another Kyle or Murray note when we get the football. We got to talk. Yes, we do. All right. So in the National League wild card, we have Atlanta because actually, see, Sean can't actually talk about baseball. He can try tie it into something else. That's what he does. <laughs> Atlanta fifty eight and forty is leading. San Diego fifty four and forty four. So they would meet each other with the uh, the series would be in Atlanta right now. 
Then here's a battle for the third one, or a big one. 51 and 46 for the Cardinals, and 50 and 46 yep. for the Phillies. So they're just half a game behind them. And, and remember, then, Nolan Arenaro and Paul Goldschmidt are not, not vaccinated, and they're playing in Toronto this week. And they're ba- their backup catcher. Flies. This is amazing. And their and their backup catcher oh. Austin Romine is is also out. Oh, oh Austin, old former Yankee and Kevin Romine's son. And then um, was he the one with the Tigers? I think he was the one with the Yankees, though. And then we have San Francisco at forty eight and forty eight. So so what you've got and Miami, I'm I'm leaving alive here. But what you've got is fifty eight and forty for the Braves, fifty four forty four St. Louis, fifty one forty six. They're five up. 50-46, so the Phillies half a game behind them. So St. Louis would now go and play Milwaukee right now. They'd be the third division winner. San Francisco 48-48, so they're two and a half out. And I'm just leaving Miami in just to have somebody left in that's on the fringe so we can stick a fork in them in a week or two. Mm-hmm. Miami's 45-51, and 51, so they're about five games out. So, you know, that's not so hot. So, and then uh, we've already talked about uh, Chris Russo and, and uh, Susan Waldman and the whole FAN connection. That's a big day for FAN, and you'll hear more about other Radio Hall of Famers, I'm sure Jeff will have on all things radio. So starting to get into the baseball notes, the ones that haven't already been uh, purloined by the panel here. The American League beat the National League 3-2 to two in the All-Star game. That's the ninth in a row for the good old American League. And uh, mm-hmm. so we're, we're still kicking butt uh, like we used to do in the 30s and 40s. And uh, it's amazing. And this is, a, I'm sure it's pretty much the longest streak because the American League lost eight in a row between 63 through 70, so I'm pretty sure this is the longest streak. And John Carlos Stanton was the MVP, and uh, that is the Ted Williams Award, and I'm so happy that the Ted Williams, I think it, it not only because he hit a big home run and won an All-Star game in 1941, but that moment at Fenway Park in 1999, yeah. I think people still remember that. I think that's part of the reason that it's the Ted Williams uh, MVP. And you know, so you got my guys. You got my guys here. We got Koozie with the uh, NBA East thing, and Russell for the NBA. So my three uh, the first uh, favorites are, are all on, and I think that's great. And I have I have the ratings for the All Star Game, by the way. And the, uh, okay, ratings, go ahead. Seven. They did seven and a half million people watched it last week. Now it's I mean it's up from last year. Nowhere near nineteen ninety two. It had twenty two million people. That's the highest rating since 1980, but I mean, seven and a half million is bouncing back. The home run derby did six million. Okay. So, so that's, that's the thing. Now they had a thing in the all-star game and I forgot about this, but if there had been a tie, there would have been a mini home run derby. Yeah, we did really nobody and nobody knew that until last Monday when why announce, why announce anything? But you know, the thing is, if you if you don't like the runner on second, would you like a mini home run? Der- I, the Red Sox I lineup would, would have been pretty pretty sad this weekend for a mini home run derby. I'll <laughs> tell you that. Uh, so okay, so now we've actually got the story. We were mis- mis- confused by Robert's message, and he wasn't here to clarify. So what actually happened last week was Oakland didn't pay for their player, who was Paul uh, Blackburn, a pitcher. Uh, to go to, the, to Los Angeles for the All-Star game from Houston. So the Astros flew him out. So it wasn't – Robert's message said the word representative. I thought it was a, some player or club official. Well, apparently the Nationals did not pay for Juan Soto either. And he no. Had fly, and, he had to fly uh, commercial. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah. you know, it's one thing – you know, these guys are like – they're like have senioritis. They're selling the team. They don't care. If you did that to a, a regular player and you were planning to still own a team – you know, no one had ever signed with you. That's such a cheap Bush League move to do that. You know, so I know what signed with John Fisher. But the yeah, yeah, well, that's the question. Why would you sign with John Fisher either if he's going to be that stupid and cheap? You know, uh, so 
Uh, they uh, but Juan Soto still won the home run derby. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, getting there one thirty in the morning, Chris. Yeah, so Mattress Mac is at it again. Jim McIndale could win over ten million dollars if the Astros win the World Series. He made a two. It made a two million bet with uh, Barstool and has bet four million other places and and two previous bets. If you buy. Uh, something for three thousand dollars or more, you can get. It's double what you buy. Three thousand, you can get yeah. six thousand. Five thousand, you can get ten thousand. This makes yeah. our Jordan's furniture bet really chintzy looking. Yeah. We actually, he okay. The whole thing on that, the ten million is on is only on the two million dollar bet, which is the largest app bet ever. You know, he went right. get it through bar largest through Barstool Sports, but he could get. He could win up to forty-three million combined between the others because he went out to Caesars and did a book, did a bet in May, and he did it somewhere else, uh, right. another million-dollar bet. He did a three and a half. So all of the bets combined, he could win up to forty-three million dollars. But I we wish have I, this, I wish I had that kind of money just to throw around, though. <laughs> we have this mm-hmm. thing. This may, this is really chintzy looking compared to this. So we have Jordan's Furniture, and it's a great company. I bought stuff from them. They're really a good company. They're good, you know, good people. But they have this chintzy thing. They, if the Red Sox sweep the World Series between certain dates, you you'll get the not win the World Series. They have mm-hmm. to sweep the World Series for you to get, you know, the um, get get the the free furniture. So that's that's pretty, you know. Well, and, and I, guess, well, I guess you enjoyed 2007, Chris, because they. Swept well, that's right. See, that's what they're well, talking about. Seven and, and and four and seven, they did sweep. So that's what yeah, he's harking back to on Gad. You know. Yeah, and a little history that's on right. Mattress Mac also. Like so, with Mattress Mac, he he makes a lot of that up in furniture sales because of all the stuff he's done in the community. Like you said, he's given back to the people. I mean, if you've spent any time in Houston, you know Mattress Mac. Uh, gallery Furniture 6006, IH45, Gallery Furniture will save you money anytime you ever heard anything in Houston. I mean, he's at, he's the guy that opened up his furniture store during Hurricane Harvey and let people stay in there. You know, they needed places to stay, evacuees. So yep. he's all cool. Now, remember, he did lose in the Super Bowl. He lost. He yeah. bet on the Bengals. Yeah. Okay, San Francisco required, San Francisco required uh, Trevor Rosenthal, who was with St. Louis before that. He's a reliever. He was pretty good, and, uh, and, and he never played for the A's. He was there. He got $5 million for the rest of the year. And then, uh, okay, uh, San mm-hmm. Francisco, David USF came up with this note. And, you know, we're always talking about teams that are good teams, and they have comebacks. And every, every World Series I've ever heard – well, don't worry about this team. They've been coming back all year. San Francisco, in the last five years, when they get five runs or more behind, are 2-141, and 141, said David USF. That's amazing, you know, that to be that bad, you know. I mean, wow. Uh, okay. And then uh, I was at the end of Thursday. So, And they didn't win since, I don't think. So that's okay. I think we're still in the same boat. I'm sorry, Robert. What? They've lost five in a row. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to, in a little while, talk about the sweeps when we get to that point. Mike King suffered a broken elbow for the Yankees and is out for the year. He was one of their setup guys. He was pretty good out of Boston College. Uh, okay. So, and then, and then we need to talk about the Red Sox from Saturday, Sunday, and Friday. The Red Sox lost on Friday, of course, 28 to 5. And then they were outscored in the Field last goal two. Safety. Yeah, uh, they were outscored <laughs> in the last. Well, they went. Yeah, they were going to try to figure out how to go for two, but they didn't know how to do. It. And the last two before the All Star and, and Friday, they were outscored fifty-five to eight. Remember, fourteen to one and thirteen to three, or whatever it was, thirteen to two. 
And then that was the second highest total mm. any team has ever allowed for, for uh, three games. The St. Louis Browns, that juggernaut of 1950, gave up uh, more runs. I don't, didn't get the total. That would probably include the one of the games that we hear about sometimes in Red Sox lore, that on uh, June 8th of 1950, they beat the Browns 29-4. to So uh, that, that certainly was probably part of that. The, the funny part Browns, of that, on, on Friday yeah, the night, 20, the funny part, uh, yeah. we were talking to our buddy Dave in Toronto, and he was watching a Canadian Football League game score, a game, and the score was lower than the Boston-Toronto game. Right. So the 28 runs was the most ever allowed since uh, uh, Mar- uh, July 7th of 23 when Cleveland beat the Red Sox 27-3. to So that's the most all-time ever allowed by the Red Sox. That was in Cleveland. And then inside the park, Grand Slam, uh, or Grand Salami, I'm sorry, Rick. Uh, that, there have been <laughs> 225 of those things. You wouldn't think there be, have been many, no. as many inside the park Grand Slams in history. And Jaron, uh, Jaron Duran lost it. It ended up 40 feet behind him. He's been playing sec- you know, center field because right field where Bradley plays is a tougher field than center field. I get that, but he's just not a... Yeah good center fielder. He's not much of a good anything. And Rick, you'll remember this. I found this in the Globe. Junior Felix was the last time. That's the last time the Blue Jays hit an inside the park grand slam. That was here. That was that game the Red Sox blew about a 10 to 1 lead and lost the game in extra innings. Remember that? Yeah. And that was Romel Tapia did this for the, uh, for the Blue Jays the other day. And most people, if you would ask them who Romel Tapia is, they would say who? Yeah, really. Well, a lot of people don't remember Junior Felix either. He wasn't a bad player though. Uh, Okay, so then uh, we we had uh, actually a two two part trade, and we may as well try to pull it all together. Two two different trades between the Mets and Pirates, and the Mets acquired uh, on Friday they acquired Michael Perez for cash from Pittsburgh, and then they got uh, Daniel uh, what's his name Vogel Vogel Vogelbach as a DH, and they uh, uh, traded a pitcher. A, a uh, I'm looking for his name but a, a pitching prospect that the uh, Mets sent to the, uh, uh, let's see, uh, for the Mets, and I've got it here, and I uh, sent, um, well, I can't find it right he's now. Not, oh. He's not on the main roster, Mr. No, he's, he's not. not he's, but not he's, a, a, he's a, quote, suspect slash prospect. Uh, yeah, and so they, they, he's going to, I guess the Mets are going to use him as a DH. Apparently they've had a lot of, Colin uh, Holderman is his name. So look out for that name in the future. So I guess this is as good a time since we just talked about the carnage with the Red Sox and stuff. If you want to discuss the Red Sox, you had a question for me and Rick and Let's, what uh, yeah, we're okay. here. The, the, a, do you think the are the Red Sox buyers or are they sellers? And if they decide to coin? sell, Where's if they decide to sell, then if you were they, mm-hmm. you, would you trade? Probably the one they would try to trade would be Bogarts at this time. Well. If you really aren't going to sign him, that's what you do. But then you look at what you got for Mookie Betts, and that was for a whole season, and that's all you got from the Dodgers. So what are you gonna what are you gonna really get? Um, I don't think I would sell. I think I would still uh, try and do it. The one that I'm a little suspect of, and the one I would maybe try to trade first that I know is going to be gone, is JD Martinez. We come out of the All Star break. He goes to the All Star game. He plays in the All Star game. Now he's got a back problem, and you know he's just not playing. So we ended up. After Friday, when when Devers got a hamstring thing, and I think that's legitimate, we got Bogarts slaving away out there in this hot weather while Martinez, Story with a hand injury, and Devers with his hamstring, which I think is legitimate. I think Story's is too. But here he's got a back twinge, and he might be able to play this day, and he might be able to play that way. They've not put him on the I.L. 
So you had a triple A at best lineup in there, you know, in, in, for, for coming off the all-star break. And it, it was just so, ridiculous. So, so then if, if you're, you're buying, Chris, what, what do you think they need? A first baseman and a relief pitcher. You've got a situation where you have Brian Dobbeck. I mean, I've always wanted to call him Brian because he sounds like Dobbeck. Bobby Dahlbeck, uh, who can field a little bit, but he had a good last two months last year, but he's been striking out like crazy. You know, you put him up there with men on base, he can't do anything. And then you've also got uh, Franchi Cordero over there, and he's been, you know, terrible in the field. He's been terrible at the plate. Yeah, and then you've got, and as I said, the center field isn't so hot either. So even if an outfielder came along, but you need more relievers. Last night they won the only way they could, which was to have a good for a change uh, starting uh, job by Nick Pavetta. So he did he did okay, bounced back. He'd been struggling, but then you got your three relievers. You know, with um, um, what's his? Uh, I can't think of his name. The guy they got from the A's. Uh, oh uh, no, not the A's. Uh, Schreiber, Schreiber, right. and. Uh, Tanner Houck and uh, with the uh, closer and and uh, Whitlock Whitlock oh, Whitlock I mean, yeah Whitlock, yeah. yeah so you got those are the three reliable relievers you need at least one more of those <clears throat> you need to get I mean the reason I would try to buy a little bit you you, you are going to get Hill back soon and he's been good you're going to get Walker back and he was good and if you if uh, you know that one horrible uh, performance by Evaldi, if you get him back then you then you can pull something in Crawford Cutter Crawford's been pitching pretty good he was the one that pitched Saturday no he wasn't the problem it was Bello on Sunday was was not good so you've had all kinds of rookies pitching you've had all kinds of injuries so I, I would want, and I think there's sentiment among at least some of the broadcasters to give this quote 2018 group unquote one more chance to see if they can do it. And that I'd get go get a first baseman, go get a reliever. What do you think, Rick? If they if their buyers, I agree with what they need. They they definitely do need an outfielder too. I mean, Verdugo is the only bat in that whole outfield that's worth anything. Yep. Um, I think they're going to sell. I think, um, and I think we mentioned this before that we when we were talking before the show. I think that I think there's something going on with with Cora and Heim Bloom where they're not getting along very well. And and Cora is saying, you know, he's put some of these lineups out there saying this is what you give me. That whole inside the park home run with Duran. Now it wasn't just, just that he lost it. But after it went over his head, he just stood there, never yep. went after it. Um, and he he come on after the game when they were asking him about it, and he said, "Well, I did, you know, I didn't want to really take off. I might collide with Verdugo. I seen he was going after it, right. and he, and he said." I know better next time I'll take a step or two. In other words, it isn't going to do any good, but it, but it looks better. I should do a step or two so everybody doesn't. <laughs> and this is a rookie. And normally, it, when something like that happens with, a, with who I think is, is a very good manager, Cora, if something like that happens normally with a rookie. If he's not sent down after that, he's at least on the bench. But the next two games, he's still in center field. He's leading off, and I think that you know that's a that's a finger up to Heim Bloom. I think. Well, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what selling. your system is like, Rick. But if, no, if I, they're if if they're buying, and if you if you believe what we're hearing, and um, I don't you, obviously this time of year you don't know what to and not to believe all the time. Right. But if the Cubs are trying, if they've put Ian Happ out there. That is a great player. If you want, if you want to upgrade your your team, he can hit, and he is really settled in to be a good outfielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, but yeah, it's not just, okay. I don't think it's just a trade deadline here because I, I think they they'll trade Bogarts if they have a chance. But I always think, thought that the signing of Trevor Story was the beginning of that. They knew that yeah. all along. Yeah. But it's not just that. I mean, at the end of the year, uh, of all these, a free agent Vasquez. 
J.D. Martinez, these guys are all going to be gone. So I think well, we to get and, and if you there, believe, yeah. I mean, if, here again, and you know, if we just have to dis- decipher what you do and you don't believe. And if you believe what you hear, it sounds like Jed Hoyer has has basically come out and said that if if at all possible, he is going to sign Xander Bogarts. Now, of course, he can't say that publicly. But it sounds like those are the stories that you hear that he really wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, but then the you pro- might see the, something with the Cubs, you know. The problem that the Cubs have is I don't know that Jed Hoyer knows what he's doing. Because anytime you ever hear him, you ask, you know, when are the Cubs going to win? Well, they're, they're, they're at Myrtle Beach or they're at South Bend. I've heard Myrtle Beach... And South Bend so much this year, I can hear it in my sleep. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, I would much rather they they say, well, this guy, you know, that we have, he's either at Tennessee or he's at Iowa. But yeah. you you got to be willing to be honest with the fans. And, because last year at this time, Jed Hoyer comes up, well, you know, we're just doing a reset. Well... Well, a reset would mean you plan to be competitive this year. They're, I mean, I will say this. Today on the pregame show, I heard Marcus Stroman interviewed, and I heard David Ross interviewed. They had me more positive than Jed Hoyer ever has. Mm-hmm. I mean, Strowman says, man, you know, we would have stayed healthy. Look at all the games we've lost by one run. You know, we'd have had our starters and this and this. We, we could have been right there. I mean, he's at least saying positive things. Um, and, then well, you have Wilson, you and then you have Wilson Contreras, who is a top-notch catcher. Why are you not trying to extend this guy and build your team? Yeah. You gotta, Maybe what at you some need- point, you have to build around players not get rid of them. Maybe what you need, and I'm not saying that he's run out of his welcome there with Hoyer, but who replaced Hoyer here? Uh, Carter was, Oh, oh uh, with No, here. Here. Uh, Dave Dombrowski. So yeah. maybe what you need is a little, you need a little bit, what they were saying in some of these, and there's some really good stuff on EEI. If you ever want to listen to the pregame show, it's a very good pregame show. Now, it, it is. Ridiculously horrible. But it is with Brian Barrett and Mutt and different ones, and, and Will Fleming is always talking to them. And you know, you need a little Dombrowski. You need a little Heimbloom. You need to keep. You know, Dombrowski screwed up the whole farm system. They didn't have anybody by the time Heimbloom's building that. But there comes a point where you have to say, okay, we're going to trade some of these quote suspects prospects and get something. And it's, you've got to have a balance. Now, if if you're all in, I don't know what they were saying. Maybe you do a sell and a buy. You know, buy a little bit, sell right. a little bit. You know, strategically, do a little of both. You know, I mean, I mean, so. because really, if they trade Wilson Contreras, and all indications are that that they will, if they can, the only player left from the World Series team will be Kyle Hendricks, mm-hmm. and I think, and I, I firmly believe he would be traded this year too, but he's on the injured list, right. I think by well, this time w- next week, Contreras, Contreras is a Met. You think so? Yeah, the, you I, know, I, the one thing, though, that I keep hearing from the Mets people, and I have heard it over and over and over, last year when they made the trade Baez, Javi Baez for uh, the outfielder Pete Crow Armstrong, boy, yeah. the Mets are angry that they made that trade. They are <laughs> really unhappy because Pete Crow Armstrong, they feel, is going to be a star. 
Yep. Now well, let's, let's go. go let's, br- let's bring the Reds into this, Bill. We've, okay, heard, yeah. we've heard about the Cubs. We've heard about the Red Sox. And Robert, we'll get the A's in there in here in a minute, too. Yeah. Um, tell us, Bill, tell us about the Reds. Well, you know they're going to get rid of Castillo. He's going to yeah. be gone. Um, He's the, the top pitcher on the market, you know, if you right, believe. Right now, according to, I just read an article from Jim Bowden. He's out there. Drury. The guy, a third baseman, has had a lot of home runs this year and drove in a lot of runs. He's going to be gone. I wouldn't be surprised if Malley's gone. They, um, they'll trade. They want to trade Mustakas, but nobody wants him. Nobody. Or yeah. Mike Miner. They want to trade those people. They're going to have to eat some salary to get rid of those guys. But I don't know anybody that wants them. You know, if they're not doing it for the Reds, why do you want them? And Tommy Pham, they would like to trade. Yeah, they'd like to keep this. He needs to go. A lot of teams want to organize football pools. They know he's very, very good at that. Right, I think they're going to trade him to the Giants and see if those guys can can get along. That was the the rumor that I heard a couple days ago with Wilson Contreras is the Giants might want to acquire him. Mm-hmm. Well, the Reds keep, Giants are having catching issues. So, well, so are the Reds. When the Cubs go to San Francisco, they might leave. They might leave Wilson Contreras behind when they leave. So, what do you think, Robert, for uh, the situation with the A's? I know there's obviously they're selling. Oh God. <laughs> um. Yeah. There. Frankie Montas will be the first to go, depending on how he comes out of tonight's start. Uh, his first start back from the injured list, he, he pitched three innings, but he looked good. Um, but hopefully he can pitch a, a good five, six innings tonight and look really good and show people what he's got. The rumor I've heard recently is he's the number one target of the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, I don't, I don't know how true or valid that is, but apparently they've taken the lead as far as uh, getting his services. And they desperately several, need pitching. Yeah. And there are several other A's, such as Tony Kemp, Elvis Andrews, uh, Steven Piscotti, uh, several other players, Ramon Laureano, several other players that will probably be on the chopping block. The A's may have a complete Las Vegas roster after next Tuesday. It, well, it, that's it, that, Robert, that's what the other night when I was listening to the I-Cubs, that's what Alex Cohen feels might happen here. Yeah. The I-Cubs may be in Chicago next Tuesday. Yeah. The, the, um, the, I think the most interesting team that we don't have a particular rooting interest, but we do have uh, people who do root for them in our baseball group on the, on the system, is Baltimore. Because yep. here's Baltimore. They were playing to sell, you know, ever since like April. Well, we'll get the season started. We'll sell. We are. And as, of, as of today, Chris, the article that I read, they're still planning that. Yeah, well, that's the problem, and yeah. you know, you got Trey Mancini as their big, uh, you know, chip, and the question is, you know, are they really going to do that? The Baltimore fans, I'm not saying they're drawing, you know, no, there isn't much faith down there, but you really ruin all the faith in anything. Is hey, I mean, even if you get into the wild card series, you got beaten by the Twins or something, you did something, you know, you made yeah. the postseason. They haven't been there since 2015, you know, and. And this team has played hard, and you know, and this manager, you know, Hyde is doing a pretty good job keeping them going. Yes. And you know, you, you really, you really should.
shouldn't sell. You know, they're the one team. Okay, you can argue the Red Sox. You know what the A's and Cubs and Reds are going to do. You know, but you shouldn't sell. They're the team that shouldn't sell. Let's put it that way. Just morally, they shouldn't sell. The that's, problem. That's the point. problem is, Chris, we have a lot of bad uh, people yes. that are running Major League Baseball teams as far as owners. Right. Uh, right. We have people that either want to use their teams as tax write-off and pocket the profits, don't want to put money back in their teams, or or we have teams like the Cubs. Uh, a lot has come out about the Ricketts family since they were involved in that whole Chelsea thing. The British government did a whole uh, background thing on them. They may not have the money that everybody thinks that they've got. I so have they heard, got, Robert, I have heard that over and over and over. Yeah, well, Ever since uh, they bought the Cubs, I've heard that. Yeah, well, the point is, the U.K. made it more public than ever. So, that may, Perry, as far as the Cubs are concerned, that may be one of your major issues. The ownership well, I, think it is. Not, I think it is. Yeah, the ownership may not be as funded as they, as they convinced Major League Baseball that they were. And yet, in a situation like this, you've got a multi-billionaire like Joe Lakoff, who owns the Golden State Warriors, who has tried to buy several baseball teams. He failed in buying the Angels. Bud Selig didn't approve that. He failed in buying the A's numerous times. Bud Selig wouldn't approve that. He tried to buy the Dodgers. Bud Selig decided, no, Frank McCourt was better. Could you imagine if this guy owned a baseball team the way he's running the Warriors? Right. Well, I would t- I'll take him on my team today. Yeah. I yeah. mean, my God. Uh, well, speaking of, speaking of taking okay. on the team, um, Al, why don't you unmute yourself? I'm sure you have some thoughts. Oh, hey, uh, I'm Gar- unmuted. Good afternoon. Uh, hope Hello, everybody. Al. Well, yep. anyway, uh, talk, about the, talk about the bullpen guys. Mm-hmm. What do you think of – I never heard this back when I was growing up in the 50s and 60s about – Open starters. Now, the Guardians are going to start uh, Brian Shaw. He's inconsistent in the first thing. I don't know. If okay, okay. bullpen game. I see what you're talking about. Yeah, what they call that in today's world is an opener. Where yeah, the, it's, right, it's okay. basically a bullpen game, but they're they're going to start somebody out of the bullpen is what they're going to do is is yeah. and yeah, and a lot of te- and a lot of teams Al will use that the Guardians oh, yeah. I think the Guardians I think are doing it for this reason they right. have had uh, yeah they've that, had yeah. More, they've yeah. had more than their share of doubleheaders this year. Mm-hmm. And now is Boston going to do a bullpen uh, session too? Or? There, I, when, no. I, I heard Winkowski starting, and he's yep. been a starter. So I don't think they're doing. There was talk about they didn't know who was going to start last night when I was listening, but I heard today it's Winkowski, and so I think that they expect him to you know do as best as he can. But uh, you know that's what I, I think. And another thing, yeah, uh, So, so night. Al being being a being a Guardians fan, what if we all think they're going to be buyers? What do you think they need to get if they can? Uh, need uh, need uh, hitting. Hitting, yeah. Hitting and a couple mm-hmm. pitchers, yeah. They need hittings. Okay. Hitting, yeah, because uh, oh. you guys are grounding in double plays and all that, and where you well, calling up minor league basically, players. Basically, Al says that the only team we can beat are the Guardians. We don't want them to change too much before the Friday. Put it that way. <laughs> well, maybe next uh, Tuesday the second. And anyway, yeah. I was kind of disappointed about the rain <laughs> delay. And it, it rained for about two or three minutes in Boston, and yeah. the announcer really surprised that the, the tarp was on, the players are milling around the field and all that. Well, Sean McDonough uh, and uh, Will Fleming thought they could have started 10 or 15 minutes earlier than they did, let's put it that way. Right, yeah. <laughs> But at least they got Pavetta to come back, and uh, the, the Guardian starter came back, so they didn't lose them, so that was good. But 
Right, right. Anyway, uh, the last thing, I'll let you go. Yeah. Anybody get their Braille football schedules yet? No, not yet. Jerry not yet. is the harbinger of schedules, and we have not heard from Indiana, Pennsylvania, <laughs> our outpost, to find out what's going on yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's my uh, spiel for today. You guys have a good week, and we'll talk you to you again. Very good. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so, we right, do have so, uh, a we have a baseball score. Oh, the Cubs okay. did beat the Pirates uh, four to two. So yeah, I was just that is to give that so. that is final. And uh, we do have a piece of NFL news. Julio yes, Jones is going to sign a one year deal with the Buccaneers. Yeah, we're just getting okay. ready to tell uh, you that. Who, who will be with Tom Brady? Brady. Okay. So, so uh, and this we had a little discussion about this, but I'm going to go through. I did watch the Hall of Fame ceremony. It didn't start till. A, Sean was thinking, it did come on at 11 o'clock. That was in his TV listing, but it didn't actually start to 1.30. But we can talk about when it should start or what they should do. But anyway, uh, the people who got in, and this was a good class. This was a fun class to, to listen to, to stories of and speeches from them or, or from their representatives. Jim Cott, he pitched from 19, and we didn't talk. We kind of talked about some of the other guys' statistics, you know, Duke Snyder and different ones that got in. But Jim Cott pitched from 59 through 83, so he's a legitimate four-decade pitcher. He and uh, Rick, I, I think you remember this. A, a, an important thing that the Red Sox, the Red, you talk about the '67 season, and a sad thing was that Tony Canigliaro got hurt. Although they did get Ken Harrelson, who did okay and did much better in '68, but they were able to get him. But there were two key injuries that helped the Red Sox. Denny McLean got hurt by the, with yeah. the Tigers. Remember, I think his foot fell asleep or something. He was, you know, yeah. he, he yeah. hurt his foot for a few weeks. The other guy was Jim Cott because the day before, we always talk about that last game, October 1st. The day before that game, Jim Cott was mesmerizing the Red Sox. I think they were, they were ahead about one to two to nothing in about the fourth inning, and he got hurt. And the yeah. Red Sox were able to come back and win that game to set up the Sunday game with Dean Chance and Jim Lonborg. So uh, if it wasn't for Jim Cott's injury, the Twins might have been going to the World Series and facing the Cardinals instead of that. Then, but yeah, he, he won an 83 he win. Did he say anything inappropriate at the Hall of Fame speech? No, he didn't. He was very good. He was very good. And I think they went over his speech with a fine-tooth comb. But he didn't yeah. seem to be doing it off the cuff. No, he was telling the stories, and he was very good. 283 wins for Jim Cott. And, of course, we've already talked about, uh, uh, you know, David Ortiz. He's going to be honored here with the Red Sox tonight. And I think, is tonight when they retire the number, Rick? I think or so. Or do they already do that? I don't yeah, remember. I think, yeah. they, I think they will do that. Seems like I honor David Ortiz every three months, so I can't keep track of it. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Uh, Duke Snyder, and what what a good his daughter gave a wonderful speech. And you, mean you know, Bill Hodges, do, don't you? Uh, Bill Hodges, Duke, yeah, Bill Hodges. yeah, Bill Hodges. You know, I've always done that in my life. But Gil, Gil Hodges and his his daughter gave a wonderful speech talking about you know all all the the things that happened and all the players. Jackie Robinson and he were very close. He was the de facto captain of the Dodgers. He was just a, a guy everybody. He and Pee Wee Reese were the guys everybody looked to. And uh, you know, and then talking about how he he managed the Mets. And if you look at his record as a manager, because he managed the Senators before the Mets, and he managed the Mets in 68 before they were any good, so his his record would probably be a losing record as a manager, but he was a great manager to pull that off in 1969 and, you know, and all that stuff, and his great statistics with the Dodgers. Buck O'Neill, who did uh, more than anybody to let us know about the Negro Leagues and really was the driving force behind getting the Negro League uh, Museum going and all that. Tony Oliva. People forget about Tony Oliva. He won his first, you know, as a rookie in 64 and 65, he won his first two batting titles. He's the only person to ever do that. I think Fred Lynn won as a rookie in 76, but that, that was amazing. He came on the scene 
you know, and then well, who, who do you have to deal with after that to try to win batting titles after that? Rod Carew, his teammate, oh, came along in 67. So, yeah, but Tony Oliva, and he gave a nice speech. And Minnie Minoso uh, made made the Hall of Fame. And, of course, he artificially played in a few decades. But, you know, he was really good for the White Sox, the Indians, and the Cardinals. So, you know, that, it was a good Go ceremony, and I enjoyed it. Real quick, the question is, real quick. when should it be? Hello, real Real quick on Buck O'Neill, he was also the first African American coach in baseball. That's right, with the Cubs in 1962. Yeah. yeah. So and now and now one thing it, it, when you mentioned uh, Buck O'Neill and the Negro Leagues, there is a mm-hmm. podcast, and I think you can get it on any podcatcher, um, but it's through SiriusXM. And uh, <clears throat> Bob Kendrick, the head of the yes uh, Negro League, it's a very it's a very good. Po- I've listened to a few episodes of it here it's and there. And Black Diamonds, I believe. Black Diamonds, yes. yes it and is. and uh, he he does a really good thing and uh, a good podcast. So if you get into things like that, that's a good listen. So I don't know if there are lights in this ballpark, you know, because they do this on the Sunday afternoon usually. Although they did it, I think in 2020, like 11 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday or something. You know, I remember something stupid happened, but many things happened at strange times during COVID. But if there are lights in this park, what I would do is I would put it on instead of one of the, you know, the Sunday night game after the All-Star game. The reason I wouldn't move the All-Star break, I know Sean had the idea on our system of moving the All-Star break to the weekend. The owners won't give up a weekend. They, they no. really do actually draw better, especially in the, in the areas like St. Louis and Cincinnati and, and Atlanta where people come in from far away to the games and stuff. They do have better crowds for, for the weekends like that. So I don't think they'll do that. But I think do it after the all the Sunday after, you know, work it out with ESPN who used to cover it, you know, give them, uh, you know, pr- appropriate billing and, and all that stuff and some of their people MC and, you know, put it on instead of, you know, one Sunday night game, they, they, they're they losing one for the draft the week before, lose one for the for the Hall of Fame. I think especially if you've got people coming in. When, when you've got people coming in now, some years it's not as good. But when you have Big Poppy and you have Tony Oliva and you have Joe Hodges and, and you know, you've got some real star power coming in. Some years it's not like that. But, you know, it, it, I think it'd be something they should do. That would be my suggestion. Yeah. Now, my, my idea, my idea, of course, like what Chris said, I mean, now I know that I get the whole thing. They don't want to give up a weekend series. But my idea was to put the All-Star game on Saturday night, the Home Run Derby on Friday, Futures game Saturday afternoon, and have it sometime like 4, 5, 6 o'clock on Sunday evening and let ESPN know. But I, I understand not giving up the Then uh, where are you going to put the draft? Because they want the draft with the All-Star game. That would be the Sunday before. Yeah, that's right. That's a good question. Yeah, you could still start the draft Thursday night or something like that. I don't know how they do that. And as far as the Hall of Fame goes, according to what I've read, next year they don't expect to elect anybody from from the people that are eligible. That's absurd. Um, So uh, we may have to. That's a whole other debate that we'll get into next year when they don't elect them and when uh, when baseball did it to themselves, when the same writers that are holier than now not electing them not electing these people were the same writers at the time when they knew what was going on were voting them MVP, McGuire and Sosa, when you knew whether it was, you could tell what was going on back in 98, but they needed anyway. to save their game. But then I, have yeah, a, anyway. I don't know if you guys know it, but I have a touch of ESP, and the, my touch of ESP tells me that Jamal is here and that Jamal would like to talk. Because <laughs> I heard him snorting over there about two minutes ago. So, hello, Jamal. Jamal, are you there? Can I hear Jamal? Yes, I'm, I'm yeah. here. There you go. All right, what's I, up, Jamal? I raised my hand. I didn't know I was unmuted. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're blind. That doesn't work that. too good. But go right ahead. With all that being said, a couple things here. First of all, about the baseball all-star game. 
the NHL, the NFL hold theirs, and the NBA holds theirs on a weekend, and baseball needs to wise up and do the same. Maybe okay. make the yeah. All-Star game, maybe make the draft early Friday, then the home run contest of the Futures game on Saturday, and now the All-Star game Sunday. And then Tuesday... Well, what about the... Well, I'm trying to tie it in with the Hall of Fame, Jamal. To have, they'll have the Hall of Fame where there's nothing going on. When would you have the Hall of Fame ceremony? Well, I would keep... You, well, you I, could have it Thursday. You could start the break on yeah. Wednesday. You know, the only yeah, thing yeah, is... Oh, yeah, have the Hall of Fame on Thursday, yeah. If they've got to yeah, go... The problem is, uh, Sean, if they've got to go from... Uh, you know, Cooperstown is not exactly in the middle of the it's country. It's in the middle yet. of nowhere. No, yes. and so well, if you're well, in Los well, Angeles well, or wherever, well, and you've got to get to Cooperstown, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult for people to do all that. So. Right, so, and now also, speaking of baseball, and the, I was thinking about this new proposed schedule for next year. Yeah. And how they're expanding interleague play. Yeah. And I just thought earlier th- yesterday... While I was in the shower, I thought about my own version of, of a uh, new type schedule for baseball instead of, be, instead of this way they're going to do it. If it were me, I would make the division game 15 games in your division. That will be 60 games. I would make uh, 70 games for your teams outside of your division. So that would be 130. As for, 100, as for the remaining games... You play uh, your arch rival six times. The other team and rotate the the division out like you normally do. Play those teams like one one three game series each. Right. And then do what the NFL does. Like for example, the first place team. Let's the White Sox for example finish first place last year. We'll have them play two first place. Well, they're not going to, Jamal. The they want everybody to play everybody. They, they want everybody to play, to play everybody. everybody. That's what it's So, uh, Sean had a thing where 14 games in the division, which could create ties for this wild card thing. You'll have to work that out, and, you know, you don't want to get too deep in the tiebreakers. And then, I don't know, like uneven division games. I don't like uneven. Well, and remember, oh, I do guys, because you're going to have ties. So that's rem- you got to do something. Remember, guys, next year this is actually going to take place, right? And the, yeah. the division teams will play each other 14 times. Chris, Sean didn't make that up. That's part of the schedule. Okay. Next year. So, so you, you you could easily, if you're going to not want ties, you know, you end up seven seven Red Sox and Yankees next year, and then in tie for something. Yeah. What do you do? You well, know? I so, don't, here's I what you here's how you, I would solve it. If you were oh, one derby. If you have, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had, well, the, the first tie breaker is record against each other. So let's right. say Red Sox Yankees finish tied for yeah. the division. If the Red Sox lost to the Yankees, uh, eight out of fourteen, then the Yankees were in the division. Of well, yeah, no, that that's right. But, I get that. But if they're tied, if it, what do you do? And if it's but if seven, you go seven seven, then, yeah. you, then you'd have to have a one game playoff. They're not going to do those anymore. Hold on, Sean. They're not going to do those anymore, Jamal, because they have the extra round of playoffs and you'd run into That's right. time. The other, well, thing, too, do, the other two, thing, too, Jamal, you can't do runs against each other because a lot of the gentlemanly rules of baseball as to when you would steal bases and bunts <laughs> well, and well, all that well, stuff well, would go out the window, well, and we can't well, have that. Well, okay, well, okay, Sean was trying to get in. Sean, go ahead. Okay. 
The other league, what the other sports do, like in NFL, they go after division. If there's a tie, they go uh, in, you know, in conference or in league, and then they work it as far as other, you know, uh, you're against other teams in the league, and they have different things, and yeah, and they have yeah. even numbers of games in your division. So there's there's ways yeah. you can be done. It they can be done. They did it I, before. Before I think if you net, lose, if you lose on one of those tiebreakers in baseball. You know, ba- football is kind of people are kind of used to it, but I think in baseball it would just cause a lot of hornets. Back in the day, I, I just hope we don't eight, go back. I just hope we don't go back to the coin flip. Yeah, really. It was Hell eighteen no. games in division back in the day, right. and it was twelve right. games against the other division in your league right. before they went to interleague play. It was. Like, by, the, by, the, by, the, by the way, by the way, though, we better get to football pretty quick. But Jamal, we better. We got. I've, yeah. I've got a few more baseball notes. Yep. So we had some amazing. But, hold, hold on, Chris. Just one second. Just Jamal, you'd have been yeah. proud this morning. I was reading articles about the Cubs. And uh, I was using some of that Jamal language this morning, so you'd have been awfully proud if you'd have heard that, Jamal. Right. <laughs> right. Now, now about the NFL right quick. Okay. I just hope that Roquan Smith can uh, come to an agreement with the Bears and not hold out. Well, uh, I, I, Jamal, I, I've, I've, heard, I've heard more about that. Uh, he is going to hold out, and the Raiders have already contacted the Bears. Oh, they, would, Jesus. They, they would like to have them on the Raiders. So. Well, and, okay. and, 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 if, and if the Bears are dumb enough to trade them, then, well, you had to wait till Friday night to do the language. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see if we can there get this baseball wound up and get the football going and then and do a little okay. hockey here. So we got... Coming out of the All-Star break, there were some amazing sweeps for various reasons. The Cubs swept the Phillies in Philadelphia, and it was supposedly the first time since 2000. Now, Sean, uh, Perry, do you know if that was 2000 for any sweep for the Cubs over the Phillies or in, in Philadelphia? Phil- in Philadelphia. Yeah, I thought that was probably the case. But anyway, that's still pretty cool for the Cubs. But the Cubs can't beat the crummy teams, and they can beat the good teams. So that's what they do. Uh, well, okay. they did, Chris, they, have, they did beat the Pirates two in a row. They did. Now, maybe they're learning something. Oh, of course, break up the Cubs. They're going to start uh, training yep. people. Okay. Uh, Toronto over the Red Sox, 3 to nothing. We kind of went over that, and, uh, you know, that was important in the wild cards. Uh, but it was the first time since June of 15 that they beat the Red Sox in uh, Boston in a sweep. The Dodgers over San Francisco, 4 nothing. Now, this was a payoff uh, because, uh, play, uh, you know, back uh, about a month ago, the Giants swept the Dodgers in San Francisco. But this was the first time uh, since uh, 622 to 625 and 95 that the Dodgers uh, swept the Giants. So, uh, so that's pretty amazing. And then Houston told Seattle, you know, get out of here. You know, it's like a reject in the NBA knocking into the stands. Houston's like, you won your 14 in a row. You didn't play us, and we're coming into your place, and we're going to win, uh, you know, three games and just tell you that you're not winning the division. So that's basically what the Astros did to the Mariners there. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, when the All-Star break started, I, I said to, to, to our producer in the 515, I said, boy, I'll bet the Mariners don't want to go on the All-Star break, and then they came back and lost that's again. right. Okay. So, Perry, explain to me about this no international – okay, the international draft – how would that actually affect the reason that we would not, we, we don't get, we well, would now have gone compensation? How do they tie together? I'm not understanding. Basically, that. it was in this, it was in the CBA, and what they decided is by July 25th, the players and the owners, and you should have seen this coming, had to yep. agree on an international draft, and that would have been, you know, usually all the Latin players would be, would be in it, and a lot of the uh, Latin players don't like the idea because they think it would hurt the way that you know that they sign now but the players they badly wanted it because they want to do away with this 
uh, compensation because now, hypothetically, let's say that the Red Sox don't trade Bogarts, and he signs right, with, yeah, yeah, and he signs with a team at the end of the year. You would yeah. get a compensation, a compensation draft pick. Whereas, if there was an international draft, that was going away. Right. So, Harry, doesn't that have to do with the qualifying offer? That's the qual. That's what that's it is. What the it's qualifying, qualifying offer. offer. Okay. Yep. So right. the Red Sox lose Bogarts. They get a, a choice between the first and second round. I think is yep. where they where that's, they that's yeah, the top. And yep. then between other rounds for lesser free agents, but the top of the line guys go in that correct. area. There. That's right. correct. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So that's it for my baseball stuff. We have any more before we go on to the NFL? No. I just NFL. The Yankees put John Cobble standing on the ten day injured list today. Okay. All right. Whoa. So yeah. Okay. So and we do, and, we, and you do know, Chris. Remember the Julio Jones to the Buccaneers for this year. Correct. So Tom, another weapon for Tom Brady. So the arbitrator uh, may rule an eight-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. They think this will be less appeal-prone than uh, too little, you know, the, the, or too too much. You know, yeah, the players would appeal too much, and the owners. Yeah. So it's kind of a compromise. It's, it's not official, I guess. She she hasn't ruled yet, has she? No, no, she has not. no, she has not. Okay, but that's what she's saying, or that's what the rumor is that uh, yeah. somebody came out with. Uh, you know, yeah. and either side could appeal, and the appeal would go to Goodell. So it's kind of a inside job, the whole thing, of course, the way they do these things. So getting back to Kyler but Murray, rem- remember, to- remember, Chris, the players agreed to that. Oh, I know. Yep. Yeah. And for a long time too. And when this is another ten years or so in this agreement, something like yes. that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. So. We talked about Kyler Murray, and he got his five-year deals for two hundred thirty million dollars. So forty-six million a year, basically. Uh, two hundred thirty point five, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but it's not my yeah. money, so the points don't bother me. You know, I don't care. So, and it's not, yeah, don't forget yeah. that other half a million. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> I know. I know. I'll take it. But um, the thing is, uh, we we already said and we had our baseball note that he was getting paid almost as much as the whole Oakland A's team, which maybe will be getting may fall behind him if they get rid of some <laughs> of the guys they might get rid of in the next few days. That but is correct. The, the the other thing about it is. Robert, since you're the one that had the story this this uh, this morning or this whenever, tell yeah. us about uh, the little uh, thing that's in his contract. He has to study now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, th- th- now I find this absolutely amazing. I've been following football since 1970, and of course, it, it's only until recently that we started getting all the details on players' contracts. I have never seen a quarterback's contract, a starting quarterback's contract, where you're supposed to be the face of the franchise. Uh, they have a stipulation in there. He must watch four hours of independent film study per week during the season. If he does not, his contract is null and void. How are they verifying this? Yeah. So he has to watch it, watch it, I guess, in the facility, right? Uh, yeah, in the facility. In the facility. And the reason for that is, is he apparently, when he was supposed to be watching the video the last number of years, he was at home playing video games. Yeah. 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 Uh, Who's going to make sure he stays awake? I, well, someone's uh, going to because they're going to make sure he's not on his phone or playing games or anything. It's yeah, yeah. So he'll have an observer, I guess. Yeah, because they're, they're going to have somebody watching him while he's yeah. in the facility making sure that he does this. Uh, now, I've, you know, we've, all, we've always heard the whole story. Uh, the, you know, he's a, most, most of the time when you hear about your top-notch quarterbacks, you know, he's the first one in the building and the last yeah. one to leave. Yeah, Apparently, this guy is extremely lazy and only does uh, what he has to. So, you know. yes, yes, yeah. you know, it goes back to his A and M and Oklahoma days. 
you know, his dad was a starting quarterback at Texas A&M. His uncle played baseball and Sumlin and, you know, Stoops slash, I think it was, no, it wasn't Stoops. Was it Stoops or was it, uh, oh, which I one Bob had him? Stoops was still there, I believe. I'm not Yeah, sure. Bob Stoops still had him. Yeah. Yeah, late, yeah, Bob Stoops had him. They both had those complaints about him. That is why he left because him and Kevin Sumlin, the whole deal, uh, got into it about his work ethic at Texas A&M. So he left and dad made excuses for him. So that goes all the way back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So moving on to Jimmy Garoppolo, we talk about him every week and, uh, you know, he apparently has had a deal since March that he could uh, try to work out a, a deal with other teams and he hasn't been unsuccessful. You know, he's not a bad quarterback. I don't, I don't understand this. I mean, I know the, pro- he's had the injuries, problem is but... they don't know that he's total, that he's totally healthy yet. <laughs> right. I know he's yeah. had injuries, so we'll see about that. But anyway, supposedly Seattle or Cleveland might be interested, but you know, we don't know. Cool. And, you know Cleveland said no. Yeah, Cleveland, and, uh, Cleveland's already said no. Uh, there's two different problems with this. One, they have to make sure he's completely healthy. Two, uh, his salary, nobody wants to deal with because he's right. getting $24 million this year. Um, yeah. And uh, remember, now the training camps have started. The clock has started. Uh, if the 49ers do not work out a trade by August 30th, then then the other teams that need a quarterback, all they have to do is wait for the 49ers to release him, and, you know, they can pick him up for nothing. So Yeah, right. Uh, and the problem is yeah. that the best fit is in, in Seattle right now, but that's in your division. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And uh, You so, might want him there, though, if you don't think he's that good. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, prob- <laughs> the problem the 49ers have, if they want to get something for him, they're yeah. going to have to figure out a way to pay a lot of his salary if they really right. want to get something. Otherwise... Yeah. The other general managers in the NFL are just going to wait for him to get released. Mm-hmm. So Paul Brown Stadium will have a new name. I'm thinking they won't totally get rid of Paul. I'm, I'm, this is just me. I'm, I'm thinking they're going to call it Paul Brown Field at so-and-so stadium. I th- don't think they're going to, yeah. going to get rid yeah. of his father's I, name. I don't know what they're going to do, but the Bengals have made it clear they're in need of money, so they're going to sell the naming rights of the stadium. So. Okay. The XFL will be back on February 18th, the Saturday after the Super Bowl. And 23, and, and uh, you know, so they're going to have teams in Washington, Las Vegas, Orlando, St. Louis, Seattle, Arlington, Texas, Houston, and San Antonio. It just said, he just said Arlington, and I thought Arlington, Massachusetts for a minute, but it turns out it's <laughs> yeah. Arlington, Texas. Yeah. And, then, and, yeah, the team, the teams from, that the five were, Saint, that they had from the last XFL was St. Louis, Washington, Houston, uh, Arlington, and Seattle. So they went right. from New York. Tampa Bay and LA to Orlando, San Antonio, and Vegas. Yeah. So the three new uh, cities, like he said, the coaches they've announced: Washington will have Reggie Barlow, uh, Las Vegas will have Rod Woodson, Orlando will have Terrell Buckley. Uh, uh, let's see, St. Louis will have uh, Anthony Beck. Seattle will have yeah. Jim Hazlitt. Uh, let's see, Arlington is going to have Bob Stoops. Houston will Again. have Wade. What? They had him the last time too, Bob. Yeah, Bob, Bob Stoops coached here the last time. Yep. Okay. He was here again the last time. Houston yeah. Wade Phillips and San Antonio is going to have Heinz Ward. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, anyway, and uh, so they will actually play in their city. What a concept! 
instead of yeah. playing in some yep. studio somewhere. Whereas the, I think USFL is just going barking up the wrong tree if they're talking again about not going to the cities that they're going to be in. Because that's just, who cares? You know, I yeah. mean, I know it's a betting league, but you can bet on a yeah. team and go watch them. You know, I mean, right. that's, that's the point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. foolish. But anyway, so that's going to be fun because they were on the radio last year. I mean, two years ago when they were, uh, you know, just before the pandemic. Yeah. I remember listening to Washington games and stuff. So I think that'll be that'll be kind of fun. And uh, it was a fun league, uh, you know, that just uh, had the pandemic get in the way. Uh, I think they were off to a pretty good start for the month or so they played. So any yeah. more NFL uh, pro oh, football yeah. stuff? Yeah, um, Tampa Bay, of course, signs everybody. Besides Julio yeah. Jones, they also signed yeah. Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, uh, Josh Rosen signed with the Browns, so I guess he's going to be their backup. Right. And today, um, Mohamed Sanu signed with the Dolphins. And then we had th- uh, a couple of um, uh, retirements. Uh, Danny Amendola retired. Yeah. And Chris Carson, the running back for Seattle, retired. A pretty oh. young guy, but he's, he's got one of those neck injuries that just won't let him play. And also, and, Denzel Good retired today from the Raiders, Rick. Okay, and then, the, you know, kind of a sad story. Um, the Houston's second-round draft pick of a receiver, John Menchie, was yes. um, diagnosed with leukemia. Um, now, they yeah. say it's a pretty treatable type of leukemia, but he probably won't play at all this year. And yeah, that, yeah, that's all I have. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. good. So we have a little bit of NHL news. Anybody else good with, before we move on? Before, well, any nope, I think that's it. We want, before we before we lose Pierre, do we want him to talk about the LSU story that he was telling us before? Before we before we lose him, do we have him? Or do we already lose him? No, oh, we took a pre hockey nap. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, we ran. We ran okay. kind of late with it, but he must have been. He must have been interested in the stimulating baseball talk. But anyway, right. for the for the NHL, we have uh, David. Wait, wait Quinn, a minute. Wait a minute. Pierre is Pierre is here. Whoa, whoa. Pierre is here. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, All right. Take your take your notos and uh, talk to us here, Pierre. <laughs> yeah, I'd already I'd already fallen asleep when you said hockey. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to wake up. But uh, no, uh, LSU finally after all these years unveiled the statue of Pete Maravich at the Maravich Assembly Center. And uh, they thought they were going to put a, a, a statue of him shooting the ball because he still holds the NCAA record for uh, uh, 44 points per game. And uh, so, uh, but instead of a picture, a, a statue of him shooting, it's a statue of him throwing the ball behind his back. That was his, what he was known for. And and uh, that was uh, his family did that because they said with Pete it wasn't about the scoring it was about the show and that's uh-huh. true and okay. uh, so uh, and and they put him next to Bob Pettit and Shaquille O'Neal so he's in yeah. good company. Yeah, uh, not many people may yeah. remember that he was on the Celtics for a year with Larry Bird when they, when yeah. Larry Bird first came up. Right. Oh, All right. Good night, Pierre. Ready for that hockey, Pierre? Good night. <laughs> good night, Lucy. All right. So we have a couple of NHL notes here. We, I think we can do this. David Quinn finally got hired by San Jose, and he's yeah, the I first know. hire by uh, Mike uh, Greer. Yeah. And, of course, there's a Terrier uh, connection here. You know, he's a former BU player, Mike Greer. And, of course, this is a former BU coach. Uh, so, you know, Boston University, so there, there's that. And Sean McDonough was funny on Friday night, and, of course, he's, he's not going to be shy about giving his opinions about this stuff, and he said, you know, that's the guy the Bruins should have hired. He said, good luck to Jim Montgomery, that's fine, but uh, this is the guy they should have hired. So yep, uh, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. And, it, you know, but you were saying, Sean, it's a tough road to hoe in, 
in uh, you know in, in San Jose though, right? No, I, yeah, I, I did say that. that there's a lot of, I mean, uh, there's a lot of cap issues. Uh, Doug Wilson was a very good GM, but he was also too loyal to some player, and mm. that has now come back to roost, and that's why Brett Burns got traded to Carolina, and that's why Mark Edward Vlasic is probably going to be the next defenseman to go, and there's a few other cap issues to clean up. We have three goaltenders on the roster. You only need two, so we're going to have to get rid of one of those. Uh, David Quinn signed a three-year contract, and it probably won't be until his second contract, if he gets one, mm-hmm. to, for him to see results, because I have a feeling for the next two or three years we're going to be pretty bad, so well, all I can say is I, when you look at Montgomery's uh, resume, I think it's a little bit better than, than Quinn's. I mean, hey, I don't know anything about these guys. I don't know him. Sean is a Quinn guy. I'm not saying I'm a Montgomery guy. He hasn't started to coach here. But I'm just saying if you look at the resume, I, I like his a little bit better than Quinn's. But, well, and a lot and of I, Ranger fans will tell you that uh, they were disappointed to see David Quinn leave. Yes, I, I realize that, too. So there, yeah. there is that. Okay, so Matthew Tuchuk was uh, traded from Calgary to Florida for uh, Johnny... Uh, uh, Uberdo, I guess. Uberdo, yep. And uh, and Mackenzie uh, Rieger, and Rieger, uh, yep. yep. Okay, and and that he's the uh, and then uh, Brady is uh, is with Otto, Ottawa, his brother, yep. and Keith, his father, was with St. Louis. That's correct. And and uh, and and, that, and then he signed an eight-year contract with uh, Florida for seventy-six million. Yep. So he'll so be there he'll for be a while. For the next nine years. Yeah. And that was, I think, the only hockey stuff we had, wasn't it, Robert? That's the only hockey stuff we had this week. So Okay, any, anybody else with anything we need to talk about before we head out? No. Wrap it up, Sean. Sean, it's all yours. All right. All right, folks. Well, I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, if you want to listen to this again or you have a friend that wants to download the podcast, they can get it from legendoldies.com or they can type in Sports Lounge Live in their podcatcher or tell their smart speaker to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. Don't forget, remember the Coffee Club tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern. And remember, all things radio on Thursday, new time. That started last week, 6 p.m. Eastern. Everybody was there on time last week, but those that maybe missed it, 6 p.m. Eastern, come back for that. And come back next week when we'll be having some more Baseball trades will be getting ready for the Hall of Fame in the NFL. And who knows what else? Who knows who turns down a Kevin Durant trade by next week? So, (laughs) So then we will see you all later. Have a good one.